Up next is the daily devotional by Pastor Tim Dodson, pastor of Believer's Church in Menominee, Wisconsin. Subscribe to our podcast by visiting burningdogradio.com and clicking on subscribe. Thanks for listening to Burning Dog Radio. The Gospel of Luke, chapter 20, verse 7 and 8. They answered that they didn't know where it was from, and Jesus said to them, Neither will I tell you by what authority I do these things. (laughs) So now having uh, cornered these super spiritual folks, they only had one place to go. They feigned ignorance. And that's ironic, isn't it? I mean, before they were the purveyors of spiritual wisdom. They were the keeper of the keys. But now, now it seemed they were too stupid to answer a simple question. In truth, their stupidity was in denying the deity in the place of Jesus. Like mankind in general, their pride kept them from the truth, from the blessings, and ultimately from eternal life. And for so many of us, yet today, our pride continues to do the same. They answered Jesus in the only way they could. We don't know. This sounds very similar to the way the intelligentsia of our day deals with such matters. It's similar to the answer we get when we discuss, oh, say the fact, quote-unquote, of evolution. They quickly find themselves boxed in and their answer is the same. Oh, well, we don't know. Why are we here? We don't know. What happens when we die? We don't know. How do you explain the miracles that have occurred in in those who believe in Jesus? We don't know. If they were to answer in any way, or they, today or then, in any way in the Jesus camp, they would incriminate themselves, like, certainly like those in the story before us. And just like now, the answer that they give gets their fitting reward. And that reward is no understanding. Chapter 20, verse 9, we read, He began to tell the people this parable. A man planted a vineyard and rented it out to some farmers and went into another country for a long time. At the proper season, he sent a servant to the farmer's to collect his share of the fruit of the vineyard. But the farmers beat him and sent him away empty. And he sent yet another servant, and they also beat him and treated him shamefully and sent him away empty. And he sent yet a third, and they also wounded him and threw him out. Now the man in this parable is clearly a picture of our Heavenly Father, and the farmers are the children of Israel. The snapshot that is presented here is that of a people who have been given everything and not only squandered it, but actually killed those who came to collect their share. Once again, as in the story of the miners in the last chapter, one cannot miss the fact that God actually expects fruit from his investment. And once again, our flesh is so easily put off by such an implication. After all, isn't it all about his love for us? His grace, His mercy. And hey, come on, doesn't He actually do all the work anyway? And you know, such childlike cries can go on and on, but it changes nothing. Yes, God has blessed us because He loves us, but He loves them also. 
you know, all those out there, those who do not know him. He loves them too. And he has clearly called us over and over to work to further the kingdom, to produce fruits worthy of repentance, Luke 3, 8. Fruit which gives evidence of our salvation and our subsequent transformation. You see, it is not his love for me that is in question, but rather always my love for him. And if I do love him, I will produce fruit for him. That's not legalism, gang. That's evidence. A natural and sure overflowing of a redeemed life. It is not an option, but an absolute reality. Birds fly because they have wings. Believers produce spiritual fruit because they're born again. Now, for many of us today, this story would be somewhat different. When the servants came to collect from us, well, there'd be no fruit indeed, but that would be because we're too busy pursuing a career and collecting just enough material possessions that keep us from paying attention to anything to do with the vineyard. Furthermore, when it comes time for the collection of the bountiful harvest bestowed upon men, just as in this account, well, the vine dressers or the workers in the vineyard, they not only refuse the owner of the vineyard, but they turn upon him and his ownership. I mean, this scene is repeated daily as those who willingly accepted the blessings and the positions of vine dressers turn one day against the one who blessed them when he comes to collect the fruit of his blessings. We are always quite willing to receive the benefits of Christendom, aren't we? But something happens when the day comes that God actually asks us to give something back. The fields are littered with the bodies of those who fell away when that day came to share the bounty with the owner of the vineyard and they refused. They actually thought what they had was theirs. For thousands of years, our Father and Creator has sent representatives to bring in His first fruits. And for thousands of years, they have been wholly rebuffed. Sadly, many of us know just enough of God and His Word to attempt to twist it in our favor, crying, Oh, grace, grace! As if His grace means we are excused from the vineyard responsibilities. The harvest bounty is more than just things or money or even time. It actually involves love and relationship and communication. Now, he could demand all. Yet of all the bounty that he pours upon us, he in reality just wants to share. We are in truth so very rich as believers, and yet we can forget that fact so quickly. Verse 13 of our text, The Lord of the vineyard said, What shall I do? I'll send my beloved son at me. Be that seeing him, they will respect him. But when the farmers saw him, they reasoned among themselves, saying, This is the heir. Come, let's kill him, that the inheritance may be ours. And then they threw him out of the vineyard and killed him. What therefore will the Lord of the vineyard do to them? Now, clearly, the last person in the parable who was sent to collect is a picture of Jesus, the son. In a vivid prophecy, Jesus is declaring here to these men who were listening to him that day just what was coming. Yet having the knowledge of what was coming for him did not deter him whatsoever. Jesus soon would march onward to the cross to take his place. His place as both servant in this story as well as the one loving, committed vine dresser. He was both the landowner seeking the fruit 
and the vine dresser who was bent on producing it. How long will many who profess to belong to Jesus fail to produce any fruit? The scripture has reminded us repeatedly that a life reborn will be a life committed to the kingdom. It is not a matter of effort or will, but a matter of spirit and a matter of fact. That was our daily devotions by Pastor Tim Dodson. For more information about Tim Dodson and Believers Church, visit jfbelievers.com. Music